Hey, welcome to the show. And if it's your first time checking us out, make sure you hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube and also your likes, follows, shares, comments, etc. All that stuff on social media and such help me out quite a bit and I appreciate it. So my guest today, Biff Byford, he's the lead singer of the heavy metal band Saxon. Uh, and they, this band has been cited as a major influence or an inspiration at least um, by many heavy metal bands, including Motley Crue, Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, Anthrax, Pantera, Skid Row, one of my favorites, uh, Dream Theater, and it goes on and on and on. I mean, they're huge in this game if you aren't aware of them. And they've also done shows with tons of big bands like Motorhead, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, Ozzy, um, and tons more. Uh, they have a new album out now called Seize the Day, Carpe Diem. Uh, the title track is really good. It's a slow build and then wham, you know? So I really enjoyed the guitar souls also on Damn Busters. That's going to be a song. And the opening riffs of Supernova and Lady in Grey are also really heavy. All for One, that riff on that one, the vocals and the vocals as well, kind of remind me a little bit of old school Judas Priest. Uh, Living on the Limit is a catchy tune that it sounds a little bit of a Motorhead vibe in there. It's just, it's an overall great album. I think I said it backwards. It's not Seize the Day Carpe, I think it's Carpe Diem Seize the Day. Um, that's what Carpe Diem means, obviously. And that's kind of the whole theme of the album. You know, Biff is going to get into a little bit. Um, we don't talk as much about the album because I hadn't listened to it until after our interview. But now that I've heard it, it's great. I can tell you guys, if you're fans of Saxon, you're going to love this album. It's, it's very true to their roots. It's old school, heavy metal, fun stuff. And uh, here's my chat with Biff. He's got some great stories. We only had about 25 minutes, but uh, I think you guys are going to enjoy this. Check it out. Okay, please welcome uh, Biff Byford to the Chuck Shoot Podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Good, good to hear. So, yeah, tell us about the uh, the new album, the new album, and the single. I've only heard the single "Carpe Diem Seize the Day." Have you only heard the single? Yeah. Well, so oh, well. I know it's not. No, it's my fault because I guess I can't. I couldn't open the link or something. I don't. I think somebody sent me something. I clicked the link, and all I could find was four versions of the single. There was the radio, but I couldn't find the rest of the album. Okay. I love the single though. It's like I love how it's got this slow build, and it's just then it hits you like a Mack truck. So, whose idea was that to have the slow build up? Was that how the song was written, or was that something they did in production? Uh, no, we we sort of wanted it to be, uh, you know, uh, it would. I mean, the the song it wasn't my first choice of the titles track, uh, but it, because of all the, I mean, Carpe Diem means seize the day uh, in Latin. So right. it translates to seize the day. I thought seize the day is a great motto. So uh, it's quite a positive thing. So uh, initially that's what I wrote on the music that we'd, we got. Um, but yeah, it build, builds up from the beginning, uh, you know, all the way through the song really to the end. Yeah, no, it's a so badass it, it, song. You know, yeah, it's, uh, it's basically, uh, especially about the Romans, you know, um, how they came to Britain and built this wall from coast to coast to keep out the what they considered to be uh, pagans, I suppose. Um, so yeah, and um, yeah, that's that's what it's about, really. And so is that it has more of the the historical meaning, but you don't try to like live your life like that too, because that's a, that's a good philosophy for current day life. Is like seize the day, take every day, because you never know when it may be your last. Well, that's why right. that's why I thought it would be a good title for the album in these uh, these hard times that we're in. Uh, 
know, it keeps growing easier, then hard, then easier, then hard. So where it's all over the place, you know. So uh, we wrote this album against a lot of uh, adversity. So, yeah, it's a positive album. I mean, obviously, we can't talk much about it because you haven't heard it. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, maybe we'll do another one when you've heard it. Yeah. And we can go down to specific things. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, the whole album's positive and uh, it's quite aggressive, obviously. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's it's sort of Saxon British metal, so we're not uh, relaxing, you know. Everything's... Uh, full on in your face so no it's yeah, it's cool. A, it's cool and i love the cover art is is just beautiful it's i don't know who did that well it's it's our long-term uh artist friend actually that does it it's an oil painting it's about six foot you know six foot wide and about two foot deep so it's all like reduced down to the cd or the lp or whatever you want to buy it on i think you can buy a cassette or vinyl or CD, or you can just download it. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's not actually out until February. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, uh, the link that you couldn't open is just uh, it's just a pre-order link and a special uh, link for journalists to listen to it first. Mm. Yeah, maybe so. Uh, my, maybe it's my fault because I swear <laughs> I opened the link and I was like, wait, there's only. I only see four songs here and it's all Carpe Diem and it's just different. It's like a radio edit. And maybe there was something else right. that I'm technically, yeah, maybe something there. Maybe it's probably but my it's, fault. It's, yeah. It's not something you can scream and keep. You want to get, a, you know, you can only listen to it. So, uh, um, yeah, I suppose, I don't know. That's cool. How you guys have the, I saw that the, the, on the website, you have the cassette. It's like, that's so not a lot of bands are doing that. I think that's so smart though, because some people really like that, even though they may not listen to it on the cassette, just to have that as a collector's item is really cool. Yeah, we, we've had them on the last two albums, I think. So we started, uh, you know, we started doing it four or five years ago. So, uh, I mean, a lot of a lot of, uh, a lot of artists uh, out there in the pop and sort of, uh, yeah, the pop world has started doing it as well now, hmm. the cassettes. So I think uh, cassettes and vinyls, I think definitely cassettes and vinyls, came back strong through the through the rock genre actually yeah i think i think probably we were the first to start using vinyls again you know us and uh, our contemporaries like maiden and people you know so i think we've sort of brought vinyl back onto the map again definitely yeah do you guys get a lot of sales from from that the vinyl and the cassettes i think we get most of the sales from vinyl people People used to love vinyl because the artwork was bigger and you got more in the package. Uh, and they're very collectible, aren't they, vinyl? Mm-hmm. You can frame them, put them on the wall. They look great. So I just think the whole thing around, uh, there's a bit of nostalgia and romanticism about vinyls as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, come, go back to the you know, the days of uh, rock and roll, you know. So, yeah, I think, I think vinyl's a bit like an old friend that came back to visit. Yeah. Well, I think bands have to get creative because, yeah, because of the downloads and stuff. So is there other ideas that you had for, for merch? I think I saw there was like a pin or something you could get to, but I think the more different kinds of merch that you can, I mean, if you could sell sacks and coffee cups and bumper sticker, like everything. Yeah, we do. We tend to sell them mostly live though, which we haven't been doing for the last two years, obviously. Mm. But, um, I think next year with that, keep our fingers crossed, you know, and, uh, we can do a bit of copy diem. We can um, we can get lots of merchandise and out there. You know that would be good because usually the stuff we put we do live we sell in our shop. 
you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just think there's so so much uncertainty uh, with the music business that we can't really make plans too far in front. That's one of the problems. Yeah, you can plan shows, but you said you can't control if they get canceled. Um, but you do have That's an American right. tour planned for April and May with, uh, was it Uriah Heep? Is that still on? Yeah, I, th- I think that's the plan. Yeah, as far as I know, it's still on. Um, the manager hasn't said no, you know, but I suppose it all depends on this new variant thing, you know. Um, it's, um, it's it's just uh, here in the UK at the moment. Uh, so everybody's waiting to see how, uh, how sort of, uh, you know, lethal this new variant is. So keep our fingers crossed, really. We can get through this after Christmas and... Uh, get back on it again is are things pretty locked down in the in the uk because in the no, states it's locked, totally no, different they're not, no no they're not locked down mm. uh, we just have to wear masks again okay uh, at the moment uh, uh you can go into like bars and things and into restaurants with no masks. but if you're in any large uh, get together then they ask you inside they're asking you to put wear masks if possible like like a theater you know things mm-hmm. like that but the, the lockdown, there's no real lockdown yet. Um, uh, just people have been, have said, you know, they've said you can, you can work from home if you can. Uh, that's about it, really. But with concerts, are, are concerts allowed right now or are they? Yeah, they're still happening, the concerts. Yeah. Okay. They're still happening. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll just keep an eye out. We haven't really got any shows until January. Mm. Um, we're doing some huge uh uh, 40th anniversary shows with big, a big production with castles and eagles and all sorts of things. So hopefully that will go ahead and, wow. uh, and then we'll move on from there. Really? Would you bring the castles and stuff to the U S tour? Cause I've never seen uh, you guys and that sounds amazing. Uh, <laughs> well, the last time we had the castle and the eagle on in, uh, in America would have been the, uh, crusader tour back in, uh, 1984, I think, uh, we did a big headline tour of America then with a band called Accept uh, Supporting Us. Uh, so that's the last time we had the Eagle and the, and the Castle there. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it would be great to bring it, but they're, they're, they're so bloody big and cumbersome, you know, because it's all analog, it's not digital stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's all uh, old 80s technology, so it's quite hard to transport around. But if we got a chance to come there and the venues were big enough, then we'd love to bring it. That would be great. I mean, people, I think people would freak, freak out to see that. It'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. So do you guys do a lot of that? Like I said, I've never seen you. Do you do a lot of the stage antic? I know like Iron Maiden does. I've never seen them either. I really love to see them as well. Oh, you never seen, never seen Maiden or Sex. I know. I'm terrible. Oh, man. Gonna stand in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> To do a Blair Witch on you, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah. I mean, yeah, you're missing out there. You know, you have to, I've never even seen it's Kiss. Not the same, it's not yeah. the same scene bands on videos. And no, I know live really. So yeah, well, you got you're gonna have to get you have to get yourself a ticket when we come over. Yeah, if we haven't got the Eagle or the Castle. You just come and see it. No, that sounds amazing. Like do you, you guys don't tour the U.S. that often, do you? Yeah, we we do, we do. We haven't toured anywhere in the last two years. Sure, the yeah. Last tour of, of America we did was with Judas Priest in 2019. Which oh, okay. Did, uh, we did a huge tour with them, uh, so that was great. Uh, time before that, we did 
We did Motorhead's last tour, world tour, together with, with Lemmy and the boys. So we have been to America quite a lot in the last, uh, I'd say, between 2016 and 2019. We've been there about three, four, maybe five times. Oh, yeah, the opening things. But headlining, see, that'd be, that's what's really cool. Because then you, you No, go- no, no. We, we, we do do headline shows. Do the headline? Uh, um, how do I miss but this? Not, not in every, not in every city, but okay. Uh, I think w- with the Urari, well, we're probably going to do like a co-headline thing, or you know, we're going to have the same uh, stage room or something. So we'll work something out. So we all have, we all have big productions that would be great. That's going to be amazing. So all these, I mean, you've toured with so many amazing bands: Judas Priest, Maiden, UFO, Motley Crue. Who's your favorite? <laughs> I wouldn't like to say really. But, um, all right, then tell me who yeah, was your least favorite. Who do you have a bad? Well, do you have any bad experiences on any of these tours? No, not really. Not really bad. Bad. I mean, we had a few. Uh, we had a couple of runnings with Richie Blackmore with Rainbow a couple of times, but uh, but nothing bad. You know, just um, just silly, silly rocky rock and roll stuff, really. Oh but, yeah, didn't um, he throw you off no, the tour I mean, or something? Or my? I- no, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't throw us off the tour. He threw us off the tour in in England. Oh, <laughs> that was that, that was back in nineteen eighty two. Okay, you know, we were we were sort of uh, you know new boys on the block back then, and um, he, he didn't like the fact that we were going down very well. So, oh. so we turned up. We, we turned up at Wembley, and the guy came to the door and said, "Now, sorry, Richard doesn't want you anymore." Oh, <laughs> so we we just went and got drunk, like you do, you know. Yeah. What about with Ozzy? Was because you toured, you did shows with him in 1981. I mean, how yeah, he, crazy he was he back then? Was he snorting yeah, he ants and stuff like that? Well, he supported us back then. Uh, it was his first album, uh, you know, Blizzard of Oz. So Randy was there, and uh, well, the band were there, and Sharon was there, and they were driving around in a, they were driving around, driving around in a Land Rover, uh, and coming to the gigs. Uh, but yeah, they were great actually. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't do the whole tour. I mean, one day we were we were uh, sound checking in France, I believe, mm. at some big venue, and uh, the band were on, his band were on stage sound checking. There was Rudy Zazo and Randy Rhodes and uh, fantastic drummer. I can't remember his name now. Uh, but um, the tour manager came out and said, um, is in London," <laughs> and they were like, "What?" <laughs> Anyway, he'd gone home. So um, huh. he'd gone home. So they, they just um, watched our show and, and went back. So he just didn't finish the tour. So, you know, but it was back in the day when, um, yeah, I think things were happening really fast for that uh, first Aussie album. I think it was going big. So he probably thought he wanted to do his own tour. And uh, uh-huh. But we did see them. We did meet Sharon and Aussie about, um, I don't know, about, Two months later, we did we did four shows at the Whiskey A Go Go in oh, wow. uh, in Los Angeles, and uh, we did two shows a day. We did a, a show for the under twenty ones in the about seven o'clock, and we did another show for the you know for the adults as they call them uh, at sort of uh, eight thirty nine o'clock. And uh, Ozzy and Sharon came to see us at one of those shows. Oh, that's really uh, so cool. We had, we had a chance to talk to them. And they said, yeah, yeah, we're really busy. And, you know, we wanted to do other things. And, uh, you know, we weren't really a support band. I was like, no, you weren't. So that was cool. No, definitely not. But, like, I mean, you were inspired a little bit by Black Sabbath, I'm sure, right? 
Oh, yeah, I think everybody of, uh, of our generation was inspired by Sabbath, Zeppelin, and all those bands. I um, mean, you couldn't uh, not be uh, inspired and influenced by them. Yeah, because the song, um, your, one of your biggest songs, Wheels of Steel, I love. That's a great song. Um, but it's the, people say that it's similar to the Black Sabbath song, Rock and Roll Doctor. But then I also heard people say that it was inspired by Ted Nugent's Cat Scratch Fever. So was it both of those or one of them? Or? I think it was more inspired by ACDC, oh. Wheels of Steel. That's what I, yeah, that's what I kind of got when I heard it. That sounds that sounds more yeah, accurate. Definitely, yeah, I'm we're definitely more inspired by ACDC, especially the chorus. You know, rang to big power chords. Yeah, but you know, people will listen to other bands and think that riff sounds a bit like that. That riff sounds a bit like that. But um, yeah, you know, there's only seven. There's only seven uh, seven notes. <laughs> <laughs> Is it really? It's only we, seven. We just have to share them around a bit. There's yeah, seven chords. Yeah. Oh wow! A B A B C D F G. That's it. Oh, that's fun. And then uh, spinal and tap. The black notes in between. Pardon? Yeah, the spine. The spinal <laughs> tap. Tell me this story. Is this is this true? You when you met Harry Shearer from uh, Spinal Tap, you didn't you didn't know who he was. You didn't recognize him because he's. I, I didn't. I didn't see anybody from uh, Anna Shearer. It was the bass player that knew him, not me. Okay. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't meet him. He wasn't on a tour bus that I was on. So I don't know if the story has been, uh, you know, expanded a bit and drawn out over the years. But I think I think definitely the bass player in Spinal Tap copied our bass player's style, his look, mm. with the big Mexican mustache and playing everything in A with his finger, with his hand up in the air. But I don't know about the cucumber down his pants. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> that is I such a Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap. I think they took stories from all bands. Yeah. It took stories from everybody, uh, but I can't really remember a, a story on there that related to us, really. Oh, you never had a Spinal Tap moment in all these years of touring and shows? We've had many Spinal Tap moments, but it was after the film. So what's what's one? You Give know, me we've one. Had many, I mean, old bands have Spinal Tap. Yeah, I'm sure you have. A, I'm sure you have Spinal Tap moments when. You know, you're talking and the mic's not working and you spent like five minutes talking and didn't realize. So they're all spout out moments. You know? Yeah. And that is, it's definitely, it's like, um, you know, it's like one of them, one of them uh, posters behind you falls off the wall. I mean, it's, it's all spout out moments if you're on air or you're performing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. We've all been lost in buildings. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a funny one where they're trying to, they can't find the stage. Like, that's you know, it happens all the time to people, you know. I mean, you know, you'll meet people in huge malls that don't know where they are. Do you forget what city you're in sometimes? I feel like that would be my biggest thing. If you're just in a different city every night, you might forget which one it is. Well, the thing is, there there was there was a thing back in the day when you were playing uh, multiple shows, you know. Because back in the day, we'd do like, uh, you know, 15, 16 shows with no days off. So sometimes the tour managers would write the the city on top of your set list, hmm. you know, so people knew where they were. Definitely, yeah. Because you just get you get you wake up at like four o'clock in the afternoon, you know, drift into the venue and sound check, and then maybe you know go up to the dressing room and just read or watch TV. And sometimes you didn't know where you were. Now sometimes you didn't know because that I think that was more fatigue rather than memory. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. got to get, yeah, is, is, is it hard to tour as you get old? I feel like it would be hard to do that, hard on your body and just, like, stressful. 
Uh, I think it gets harder, but, you know, I think you can make it comfortable because you know more about it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know how to do it better. You know where, You know when you have to relax and you know when you, when you can party. So you just have to walk the line a bit more carefully when you're like, you know, 70 or 60 or something. You have to walk the line a little bit carefully, but you can still do it all, definitely. You can still... Um, you can still tour and have a good time, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, that's, and yeah, I mean, you've got to still love performing. I mean, that, that would never get old just being on stage and that's got to be an adrenaline rush still. Right. Yeah. I think if you can, if you can hack it, you can be fit enough just to, you know, uh, put a show on. I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I think if, if you can't put a show on, then you should probably stop. But if, if, if you can put a show on, you know, and, uh, and get, you know, into it and get some power behind everything. I think that's the key, especially with uh, with sort of heavy rock metal, you know, mm-hmm. just to be powerful, I think. Yeah, no, definitely. So you, ha- you have to have the power. Yeah, so I think one of your, is, there, is your best-selling album, is it Power and Glory, or it's one of your best-selling sell- albums, right? Well, I think in America, our best-selling album would Power and the Glory and uh, Crusader. It's only our best-selling album because our first three albums came out very quickly, Mm-hmm. Uh, we had three albums in in 1980. We had two albums, and we had another one very quickly in 1981. And I think uh, I think the record company uh, messed up with the distribution, so it wasn't until 1980, sort of two, three, that they actually got it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we sold a lot of early albums on import rather than in sort of manufactured in America. So a lot of the time that the sales didn't show up on uh, American sales, they were oh. like, you know, input in, you know, buying them direct from shops in, in the UK or Germany or France or something. Wow. And those are diehards. Cause I remember when I was a kid trying to buy the imports, it was always like double the price or it was always like really expensive. I feel like. I don't know if it was the shipping. Yeah, or just... well, yeah. Shipping people will pay that though. Oh yeah. Even now, even now, we have albums released in, you know, we have albums distributed in, in the U.S. People still like to buy the the sort of British version from the British shop, although it's probably the same. But mm-hmm. they just they just prefer it, you know. Mm-hmm. There's more kudos with the postage on the on the envelope, you know, right. just getting something. So getting something from our sort of mother country if you know what i mean oh yeah absolutely so you know but i was reading about the power and the glory um i was reading that is it true that the cover art was done by ridley scott the director who made alien and gladiator how did that come about that's so random the thing is well it's not that it's not that random our manager at the time uh did some work with ridley scott and knew him he was a friend of his so he just asked him to do and i went to dinner in london with our manager and Ridley Scott and uh, a couple of other business people. Um, and some incredible page three girl model. Anyway, that's another story. That sounds uh, fun. So, what? Uh, Who's the model? <laughs> so we, we went to this restaurant called the, the Pierre in London, right? Um, and we had this meeting and he asked Ridley Scott to do the album and he did it. I think he probably did it in about four hours or something, you know, but, um, hmm. but that's the story. Yeah. He was a friend of our manager. That's really so cool. The album. 
Yeah. That's cool for him too. Cause like, you know, I mean, I didn't know that side of him. I thought he, I mean, obviously he's a talented movie director, ta- talented, creative person. So didn't know he could design cover art and it's great. It's great. He did well, a great I job. Don't, I don't know. I wasn't there when he did it. I don't know. I don't know if he got one of his guys to do it. I don't know. Yeah. But, and that's the story. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it seems to be true because, you know, it, it says on the album he did it and, uh, he hasn't, um, said anything against it in the last 40 years so it be all right <laughs> no no absolutely <laughs> now is it true too that you have elton john play on one of your albums how the heck did that yeah, happen that's another, that's another sort of coincidence thing we were in the studio uh, at the same time and uh our producer had worked with elton john uh, in the early days and we had this song called party to your puke and we just thought it'd be quite irreverent to get Elton John to play piano on it. Uh, so he said, yeah, yeah, sorry, I'll do that. So he came in and played piano with an heavy metal band. So I think it was quite good fun for him. And, uh, yeah, that's where it went. That's what it was, really. Just a ships in the night coincidence thing. That's yeah. amazing. Well, I know you got to wrap up here, but um, I got to ask you about Metallica because they're big Saxon fans, but they're such big you know, such a big band themselves. Are you a fan of Metallica? I know you guys have performed together. Give me one good Metallica uh, story. Uh, I love Metallica. Uh, yeah, I think I think back in the day, Metallica, uh, they supported us. You know the Whiskey at Go-Go Club I was telling mm-hmm. you about? Yeah. The, the Aussie one. Well, on that night, um, Aussie came to see us. And um, we were, I think we were out having... having dinner or something before the gig or doing something and Metallica was setting up on stage and uh, I wasn't there I was there later for their show but I wasn't there at the time I had a I had a huge like fan electric fan uh, in front of me like a like a monitor you know like a it looked like a a wedge monitor for singing but it was a fan Mm. and I think uh, Metallica asked if they could use it and uh, our tour manager said no so they didn't use it so I think they they didn't talk to us for a long, long time because of that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I hear stories like that all the time. I've done 200 I, of these episodes. I did, I did a, yeah, I wrote a book. I wrote a biography a few years ago. And in the book, I said, I said, look, if you want to use the fan anytime in future, it's no problem. You can use it, guys. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> they got in touch with me after that and just must have realized that, you know, it was a bit stupid. And uh, we got on uh, big fans, uh, big friends after that. So that was pretty cool. That's really anyway, cool. I have to go. I yeah, have yeah. To go. Well, thank wow. you so much for doing this. Real quick, is there, um, is there a, a charity or a cause you want to give a shout out to here at the end? I always like to end with a charity of the guest choice. If there's something that I can put in the uh, notes. Charity is, um, yeah, it's uh, 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 when we do charity thing, we either do, uh, we give the money to a, a thing called uh, Heavy Metal Truants. Or okay. we give it to Nordif Robbins uh, uh, Child Cancer Fund. Either one of those. Okay. Heavy Metal Truants or Nordif Robbins. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This has been a blast. Great stories. Okay. See you later. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Biff Byford Saxon. The new album is out February 4th, 2022. Carpe Diem Seize the Day. The new single of the title track is out now. It's streaming on Spotify or wherever you stream. It's a great song. Like I said, it's got that slow build and then it just kicks in. You gotta check it out. You can buy the album on vinyl, cassette, or CD. I think you can actually pre-order it or buy it now and then they will ship it to you in February when it comes out. So make sure to follow Saxon on social media to keep up with new releases and tour dates. 
And while you're on there, if you could give me a follow and uh, your likes, shares, and comments, those help me out a lot and I appreciate it. And if you can, just do me one big solid and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Uh, That's my main focus right now. But you can also follow the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. So thank you for your support. I appreciate you. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And remember, shoot for the moon. Shoot for the moon.